0: All right, welcome back. Season 2, Episode 3, Tampa Bay Cop Talk. I'm Jordan. I'm David. We are in the Red Realm once again.
1: Yeah, we're Back in the uh, church going on in the background.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, <laughs> there's been some technical difficulties this morning, but we're, we have found our way through it. We had to call in backup. Yeah. I might slip in some audio from the backup coming in.
1: Emergency services. Yeah.
0: But uh, here we are. And we're here with Episode 3. Uh, first off, as always, we're going to cover some LFC Tampa Bay news. Real quick. So, uh, so yeah, we
1: have the uh, AGM coming up. If you didn't hear the announcement, uh, it's an annual general meeting, I should say. I should just give it its full name. Yeah, so right. People, like, journalists people... in me is like first reference. Use the full name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying to people we're having an AGM. They're like, and that means uh,
1: <laughs> a great oh, moment. An annual general meeting. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's going to be on September twenty eighth. That day we play Sheffield United at seven thirty a.m. So what we'll do is everybody go to the pubs. Uh, watch the game like usual and then afterwards everybody head over to american social Uh, we're going to start at 11 a.m we're working out the details on the agenda like how it's going to kind of go what's going to be discussed there's a lot of important topics that we need to discuss with you all as uh, the members and supporters of this thing so we're looking forward to that getting more of your feedback input into kind of what we do um and trying to get some more involvement as well from you guys. Um uh, yeah. we have some some needs. Yeah, uh, if
0: you're out there any interest in helping us with like community outreach, you know, working with charities, if you know charities uh and if you want to get involved in that side, you want to help us put parties together, yeah. if you want to get involved, we are we are open to the idea. Yeah. Because and- hey, the the fact of the matter is is we're all uh working adults and it's it's it, there's a lot of time involved and so the more hands on deck the better
1: yeah yeah especially with events you know right now we have one dedicated events person and if she's busy and she is i can tell you yeah you've <laughs> inside inside, inside, information, inside here. information that <laughs> she's a very busy lady and uh yeah so she's you know she needs help we all could use help at times but you know I think that the more people we get involved, the more the club is reflective of you as the members and just the more things that we can do to help drive this thing and keep it growing and keep it relevant in the community and all that. So uh, look out for that. That's going to be a, a big day. We're finally doing an AGM. Uh, it's something that the club requires. Yeah, so. we've
0: been slacking, so we got to get this done, guys.
1: Yeah, it's it's got to happen, and we look forward to welcoming you all. So Saturday, September 28th, after the Sheffield United game. And be on the lookout for
0: your email because I think we're sending out a a pre-AGM survey.
1: Yes, along with the proposed agenda. Yeah, so you'll know
0: what you're getting into, so look out for that. Um, and yeah, it'll be at American social where we had the final watch party Yeah, and we can all just, you know, just have reminisce about that for a little bit while we're there as well. Yeah. Um, another thing happening for us is Craig Holden of the Anfield agenda is coming to visit us or not yeah. just us, but the area. Yeah. He'll
1: be, uh, doing LFC Orlando as well, but he's coming over here on, uh, September the 17th, the day we play Napoli away our champions league opener. We're going to have
0: uh, him over at the horse and jockey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: if you're not familiar with him, he he's, like, a big guy on YouTube. Uh, he does, like, live match, like, comment, commentary. Um, and he's just, yeah, he's an awesome guy. They have a big website. Anfield Agenda is very popular, so if you're uh, free that day, come on out to horse and jockey and and meet Craig and say hi and yeah, and
0: bother him, you know <laughs> <laughs> While well, he tries to watch the match I, was, I imagine it'd be a different experience when you're used to like live streaming and watching the match and like you know commentating, and then all of a sudden you're in a pub, and there's just people bothering you <laughs> so people come trying bother to get Craig. in on the comments come bother Craig he uh, would love you for for you to show up and bother him, and I think uh. We're gonna have like a little podcast with them afterwards. So if you want to stick around and like listen in on that, you can do that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I took the day off work. Yeah, there you go. I'm See, like, I, I have some time off to burn. So prioritize. Like, right, You're
0: prioritizing yeah. the po- the important things in life. to go over to Horse and Jockey. Yeah, so Horse and Jockey September 17th for the Napoli game. If you can get there, come out. And, you know, show Craig what we're all about, so to speak.
1: Champions League games this year. Come on, guys. We're defending European champions. I want to see good attendances at these
0: Yeah, right? right? No more Barcelona second legs all at home in your little, uh, yeah. <laughs> in your sad little moods. <laughs>
1: And I know that Salzburg and is it Gank or Hank, whatever it is. Hank what, Hill. yeah, <laughs> Gank <laughs> are not exactly the most exciting fixtures. But, hey, we've got a trophy to defend, and that's who stands in the way. So come.
0: Yeah, so come on out, and we'll have a good time. Speaking of having a good time, let's get into it. Obviously, this is we're sticking to the truncated version of the show. No more <laughs> two hours, so we're going to just do a general summarization of the beginning of the season. There have been four league games. There have been two friendly slash cup competitions. <laughs> we've won one trophy. We've won all. More importantly, we've won all four Premier League games. Hundred percent record. Top of the league by two points over City, who have already dropped points. What yeah. is that about? Um, Bar. But yeah, th- general <laughs> thoughts. General thoughts on the opening of the season.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, what you can't ask for more than twelve from four. So yeah. uh, I think we look. We look overall look great. I like the fact that we're kind of playing different ways. Like. There's been a lot of talk about how we can just kinda outdo whoever we play at whatever they do. Yeah. And yeah, I mean it's been fun to watch. I'm not gonna make too much of the Mo Mane thing. Uh forwards want to score. So yeah. shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: I think that the, if we're gonna like, yeah, let's let's pick up right where it left off the season and it was on that Mo Mane moat. Uh uh <laughs> that Mo Mane moment. God, what a <laughs> tongue twister, yeah, right? A Mo Mane moment. Uh yeah, man. I mean in any type of a professional work environment, you need uh, your colleagues to criticize you when you're not performing to the best of your abilities in order for whatever company project that you're working on to move forward and perform at the best of its abilities. So, yeah, man, I'm not too upset about it. In the, in the heat of the moment of battle where it's, it's seemingly Mo should have just slid the ball across to Mane. There was a multiple times where he could have done it. Yeah. Um, obviously, Salah's earned the right to be a little greedy at times if he yeah. wants to be. Maybe it's something he can... After he can,
1: Southampton away last year, I think he said, oh, sometimes be selfish. Yeah, right? I mean, okay.
0: <laughs> so, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, they're not none of them are final products, even if they are world-class. So it's just something for uh, Mo to work on. And, hey, you know what? The the grievance was aired, and everyone seemed to have taken it in and listened to it, and we're moving on, and that's the good part.
1: And then you've got Bobby's face. As yeah, like right? Con- you can always use that now. That's a golden <laughs> gift. It's a
0: meme. We got a meme out of it. Oh, yeah. No, like, let's be honest.
1: No, I am using that at work in gif form yeah. all the time. Every time I leave a meeting pretty have much.
0: Have you seen the meme? <laughs> have you seen the meme where it's the lady screaming and pointing at someone and it's the shocked cat sitting there like, "Huh?" Well, no. well Liverpool fans have remixed it with Mane pointing and screaming and then it's the cat going, "Huh?" Oh. <laughs> So we've got two memes out of it. It's actually really beneficial. Uh, but yeah, they were joking about it afterwards on Instagram, so I'm not really too worried about it. I know that as soon as it happened, I was at the pub and I turned to everyone like, watch, this is the only thing that NBC Sports is going to talk about oh, yeah, now on the no. post And look,
1: uh, at, if there's one point in the season where it's okay for this to happen, it's now. Yeah. Uh, it's four games in. I don't want this shit happening in March. Yeah. So as long as we get it out of our systems you know, and everybody gets on the same page... But it's to be expected. Look, Mo wants that golden boot.
0: Yeah. I mean, Monty wants the golden boot, too. They both want the golden boot.
1: They do. like, I think this might be, uh, I don't know. You know, we talked about this before, about they won't all stay forever. Yeah. And I think if one moves on, it's probably Salah. And so this might be his last season in red. And so I think the golden boot thing is going to be, like, big in his mind. Yeah. You know, and, like, obviously winning the Premier League title will as well. Yeah. But if he wins the Golden Boot, he knows that he'll probably push us towards that. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I could, I, I. It wouldn't be shocking to me if it was Salah's last season, and he's really pushing himself. But you know, we still we do have him all locked up on long term contracts, and I wouldn't. Oh no, surprised. it's going to be a yeah. huge sum of money that yeah, gets him yeah, yeah. out of. here. Oh no, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even if we just if we held on in three years, we could sell him for over hundred million. You know, three years down
1: the line. Yeah. No, we're gonna get like yeah. two hundred million for him. Easy. We're gonna I mean, yeah. get Neymar money.
0: Listen, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but it should happen eventually, especially if we're, we're talking. We talked about it in episode one or two about uh, game theory and like long term yeah. secession planning. I mean, Mo Salah is not going to be 28, 29 forever.
1: No. And this is his last shot. As, a, as a, This summer will probably be his last shot at, at a big move. Yeah, so, we'll Real Madrid, s- Madrid will come call. So, him, not
0: so. to get you – now. hey, everything's great, but we're going to sell Mo Salah eventually. <laughs> not to get you too anxious. Don't worry about it. That's down the line. Uh, that's Are down we, the line. And we're going to
1: replace him with Mbappe, so yeah. stop stressing. And if we sell him, it has <laughs>
0: nothing to do with the little tiff that happened. No, uh, that won't be why. Against Burnley. It'll be
1: because that's been the plan.
0: Yeah, right? But, um, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. The other thing that we've done in this little window, we haven't picked up clean sheets, but we have – pretty much dealt with not having Allison back there.
1: Yeah, Adrian's been a solid fillin. Uh can't complain. I mean, the the save against he only had what one or two saves against Burnley. Uh, but well, he but had the, the one was re- one. Yeah. the opening one was quality. Yeah. And yeah, well, we'll get into the Ashley opening, Barnes on the yeah, fantasy the show, but o- that's yeah. <laughs>
0: the opening one where uh,
1: no one wants to talk about it, but Ashley Barnes turned Virgil Van Dyke in the box. <laughs> it was gonna happen eventually. I mean, I and like I'm glad it's over so that we everyone can stop talking about it. But
0: that's what I hate about the whole Drieling Plaza Virgil Van Dyke thing is that. You you have these. You still have these people like no. Well, technically, actually speaking, uh, to be dribbled past means this. So it's still the record's intact. No, I want the record to be gone. Can we stop, Dude, talking? <laughs> stop talking about it?
1: He's a center back. Once in a while, he'll get dribbled past. He's still happen. fucking boss. He's the European Player of the Year. Right. And if he doesn't win the Ballon d'Or, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Right. He deserves so, it. To be to be
0: honest, it. he does deserve it. I, I mean, it's not even shocking anymore. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's some type of show we can have right before the Ballon d'Or where we can just debate why Virgil van Dyke should win on Merit Alone and it's not just like this contrarian decision yeah. uh, to pick a defender. Like, yeah, a defender should win every so often, but actually Virgil van Dyke is redefining what a defender does. So
1: He's made being a defender cool. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> We're seeing about he's, him every He's a game. defender
1: with style. Like. <laughs> He's got songs written
0: about Uh, it. And then just the one last thing. I was talking to you about it before, and it's just, it's not even important, but it makes me sad inside. Is that this season the vibe is just different because, hey, guys, we're really good. Yeah. We're really good. So now we're going to every match thinking we're going to win every game. It doesn't matter who we're playing, it's It's a very
1: clear weight of expectation.
0: Whereas last season, we were telling you, we were begging you, enjoy the ride. Please enjoy the ride because it really was our last chance to be the Plighty underdogs, right. having fun against all expectation, the journey to the top. Now we're at the summit, and we have to survive up there.
1: Well, I think for us as supporters, and you know, we'll be talking more about supporter culture stuff, especially amongst Americans, I'm sure, in the future. But I think it's figuring out now you got to enjoy – the ride that goes along with just being boss all the time. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's being the plucky underdogs is fun and you can, it's like a big shock and there's a lot of value in that. And I, I love it too. But at the same time, now it's just like, accept that you're, you're killer. Yeah. And, while still being classy, be unbearable. Yeah, no. You know <laughs> what? Uh, it's be unbearable because they were unbearable. Yeah, you know, when, it, when the others were on top, they were all unbearable too. Dude, so.
0: there's no more need to say typical Liverpool unless you're talking about us just bossing a game. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or coming back from some, you know, yeah. deficit.
0: Like going 1-0 down, I'll go, oh, typical Liverpool. No, I'd just be like, well, that's weird. That's no. not typical Liverpool. Huh.
1: Or going 1-0 down, but winning 3-1, that's now typical yeah, Liverpool. Typical Liverpool, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah, things have changed. The whole vibe has changed. But this is, you know, Jurgen Klopp comes in, doubters to uh, believers, it's, it's panned out.
1: Because, like, I'm fine with the vibe changing. Things change. That's just the essence of time, right? But the thing about it is, is that, you have to, like, I what's bugging me is the anxiety about it. Yeah. And the like tension. I, I, I get the weight of expectation, and yeah, you want to win a title, but still just enjoy the fact that we kick ass. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> it's this is way better than before, obviously. Like. Yeah. We're we spent like a ang- long time. The anxiety was are we even going to get top 4 and now we're mm. we're getting anxiety and working ourselves up over whether we're going to, you know, win the title. Or because
1: against... we didn't win 5-0 against Burnley. Yeah, like, right.
0: Okay, come yeah, on. Everyone, it's, everything's great. We're the only 100% team left in England. Yeah. And all of the leagues.
1: Uh, trust me I know
0: because the other one was Blackpool and then my <laughs> friend who's a Blackpool supporter was texting me, "Ah, oh, we're the only two 100% and then they drew." So <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, "What were you saying, lad?" Oh, up the Reds. But yeah, the vibe is a little different, but yeah, embrace it and enjoy it. Don't be like Real Madrid and Barcelona fans who are way too entitled. Way too entitled. Be unbearable? Like... Be have that expectation? Uh be arrogant, but don't don't be entitled. Don't go yeah. that far yet. We no. haven't got there yet.
1: Remember, we play in an extremely difficult league against oil barons and, you know, so yeah. we're up against a lot.
0: If you could find the joy in 11th place Liverpool under Roy Hodgson, then you can find joy in being one of the two teams left in the title race which is exactly <laughs> where we're going right now yeah which is
1: exactly where we transition to
0: we're going to go look quickly around the league uh because yeah <laughs> uh it's it's interesting it's
1: a two horse race four games in already already we're down to just us and city and they're only not level they're not only not above us or level with us at the very least because of our and a new rule that i not to derail us here but I think we have a little bit of space in the show. What's your opinion on the new handball role? Because I think it's horseshit.
0: Yeah, um, I was really a big fan of intent being the main thing. Yeah, like because
1: you're punishing people for having hands. Yeah, like because he was born with all of his body parts, he now cannot. Yeah, you know, like I'm. But I, I, the result went our way. People were like, "Well, he gained an advantage," but he didn't, though, because yeah. it. I'm hitting the mic yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't though because the ball lands to jesus he now has to make a move take a shot they still had a chance to defend that yeah and save that so it's not that big of an advantage and he's got no idea that it's going to hit his hand it also hits the defender's hand at the same time <clears throat> like i just you know look it's not in an obvious position where he's tried to play it with his hand yeah it's just he's got hands and it hit it yeah i don't I hate the idea of punishing people for that, and it's only a matter of time before it goes all the way around and hits us
0: yeah no you know it'll I mean? it'll come back to bite us i mean i the problem for me is is it really just seems like an a way for it, it and i maybe this isn't the case, and I'm being a conspiracy theorist, but it just feels like and it did in the World Cup just a way to create drama or ensure outcomes, yeah, like remember well, the, the Portugal Iran game where it was like. <sighs> I forgot the other result. If the other result went the right way and I ran Drew, they were going to go through or some weird thing, you know? And they just gave him that penalty off of Cedric Suarez, which was him, like, jumping and, like, turning, and the ball hits him in the hand accidentally. And there was no intent to it, and they decided to give it. But then, like, in different scenarios in the World Cup where similar things happen, they don't go to VAR. Yeah. And then it happens in the
1: final. Like, VAR is this attempt to eliminate subjective decisions from the referee, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the decision to use it is often subjective, yeah, because definition of clear and obvious, this and that, or whatever, but like in that and then in that situation, the the man city one, I'm like, it's subjective as to whether or not it even like do they gain an advantage? Yeah well yeah, okay, they, I get that they go on and score a goal, but the fact that they had to go on yeah. and score a goal, the ball didn't go in off of his hand, yeah. if you want to say clearly that you cannot put the ball in the back of the net with your hand. Dom Solanke uh,
0: yeah. rule, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's that's completely normal. But it's like you cannot. There's never a way to eliminate subjectivity in this game.
0: That's like in hockey, isn't it? Where like you're not allowed to kick it in or throw it in. But anywhere else on the ice, you can kick it and throw it, <laughs> yeah. like, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if it goes in the net, then it's like null and void. Maybe that's the way forward. Maybe that is it's the like, way forward. like if there's forward. no intent, and it's outside the box, and it doesn't lead directly to a goal off the hand, yeah. then you play on. But, you know. And pe-
1: you know, people are defending VAR, and like, i I'll just be honest. I don't like it, but. People were defending VAR under like the goal line technology thing. They're like, "Well, look, we put that in and it worked." I'm like, "Yeah, but that's a very black and white yeah, thing. It's like, either
0: in or it's out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah a, there's no, there's no like
1: offsides is not a black and white thing. Like uh, the, the Anfield wrapped it a really good thing. If you subscribe to that, listen to it. But I'll just kind of like echo one part that they said. Like, one, if you can't score with that part of your body legally, then what does it matter if it's offside? Yeah. So if your arm is offside, who cares? You can't yeah. score with your arm anyways. Yeah. So you've not gained an advantage. The rest of you that can score is onside.
0: Yeah. I think that's the rule, though, isn't it? It's well, a, no, a goal-scoring part it's of the body. If
1: you look at—okay, but all right, so the one where Sterling gets called back a couple games— I think it was like second game of the season or something. His chest is offside. Now, I know you can score with your chest, but—
0: He didn't score with his chest.
1: He didn't score with his chest, and we're literally talking about, like, inches. Your yeah. chest is not that wide. The, the intention of the offside rule is to keep people from just sitting behind the line and poaching, right? Yeah. It's not to catch people with their chest offside. Yeah. Like, it's it, to kind of echo what they were saying. is The spirit of the game, he, he, the rule has worked. Yeah. He's tried his best. Like, we're talking about milliseconds. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And, like, well, they, made somebody, I think it was in The Guardian or something like that, had written a piece about because of you don't know exactly when the ball is kicked, yeah, like the frames per second in which they judge offsides can yeah. be off, yeah. So it's not even clearly accurate. So there should be like, how thick is that line? Yeah. that you end up causing you to go to var. So it should be like four to six inches. We're just gonna go with whatever the linesman said. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just like, ah, not
0: God. to not to like further derail the show, but I just I'll say it again. Tifo football on YouTube is really good. They have really good stuff. They actually worked with the Athletic now. They have their, oh, whole, nice. their own. whole and If you're not subscribing
1: to the Athletic, I highly recommend but, it. Uh, it's freaking awesome. They
0: were talking about how goal rates have gone down over the, over time. Yeah. Um,
1: well, and there's going to be all these uh, these like there's going to be a bunch of goals that go on. We're watching players go on because the linesman didn't raise their flag, and now they're going to score and call that back. But it's like never should have. It never should gone that far anyways.
0: Yeah. Well, no, my point being like you might have to because if you keep making this offside rule like very peculiar and like very like oh if any if a single centimeter of your shoulder is across the line then it's offside, the goal rates will continue to go down. Yeah. The entertainment value of football goes down. The value of the game goes down. And like obviously you don't want to slant it one way or the other, but if the goal rates are going down then obviously there's some type of an advantage towards the defense and you've got to give something to the attackers.
1: Well, then if you look at like it's it's changing the way people set up. So if you look at us, if you look at Liverpool Pool. This season we've been playing this crazy high line, but it's because they know, like, if anybody's got a ball sack offside, it's coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So they don't, you know, they're a little bit more open to pushing higher up, but yeah. then what does that do to cha- kind of change? What effect does that have on the game?
0: Yeah. You so. know, they definitely need, I think the offsides thing could be, like, like, you know what, just take away the marginal offsides call from the linesman and just have a guy up in the V.I.R. booth who has those lines like instantaneously because it probably takes like 20 seconds. I know it's not perfect, but in the current system where like, for instance, uh, it was Burnley. They had a play where they played a, someone in and he was offside and it ended up being a corner, but they didn't V.A.R. it. But what if they score from the corner? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Now like the one the one against Arsenal where Aubameyangs offside but because Matip ch- chases him down and knocks it out for a corner Arsenal takes the corner yeah, but if they score from that corner, they've earned that corner offside, from an offside yeah. position that you only allowed because you told the linesman not to raise his flag. Yeah. So <laughs> Or like,
0: and now he's in that moment where he's like, should I raise my, I don't know, I'll just let it go. Or it didn't even end up in a goal, so like, whatever. And yeah, the game. and everybody
1: goes, well, all's well that ends should well. We well, that's the same thing that we were doing before.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, back to the, the anyways, main point. Yeah, the agenda. You know he loves VAR, the agenda, no, no, folks. It, we've, we've now done a whole VAR segment that I didn't know we were going to do. <laughs> And that's good cuz I feel like it filled out some time. So
1: so by the way though, the fact that it's the, no one knows where the VAR thing is. They say it's somewhere near Heathrow. Are you going to talk about this rule? The rule? Yeah, yeah the red card. <laughs> yeah. If a player enters the VAR chamber, the automatic red card. The nearest stadium is 13 miles away. Yeah.
0: I just I just want to see a player running. <laughs> And they like they have Get the chopper car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're following him in a chopper, like it's OJ Simpson. He's in the Bronco. We're following, and he gets to the this VAR. We go in the VAR camera room, and then s- I saw someone. He's got to
1: break in because it's like high security. I saw someone MI5. post like,
0: okay, but what if they just open the door and they scream from outside? He gets sent off, and then they VAR the VAR room, <laughs> and it turns out he never stepped foot inside the room. So technically, he shouldn't be sent. He off He just
1: sat outside and shouted at him. Yes. <laughs> Never
0: stepped inside. So, what is, a yellow
1: card. Are we gonna
0: VAR the VAR room? How deep does it go? This is like inception levels of VAR going on.
1: Apparently, the guy inside that room is called the AVAR, the assistant. Yeah, VAR. I'm like, oh, come on, that's some Dwight Schrute shit. Right <laughs> <laughs> assistant to the VAR. <laughs> what are these? Our robot overlords?
0: Like, he's assisting the video. Like what? I thought, who's the video assistant ref? Is that I, not even a guy? Is it, just, <laughs> is it a software? Well, program? Yeah,
1: I was like, is that the term for the video, or is there another guy who is the VAR, and then there's an assistant to the VAR? Right. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, this definitely is something it's that needs, turned to into a needs to be polished. Needs
0: to be polished. Listen, I mean, it, this all comes out of like the NFL doing like challenging stuff,
1: yeah. but which which uh, it's, it's just someone brought up. Well, hey, we've been watching the NFL for years. Have instant replay. I'm like, and they still yeah, fuck it's up. still terrible. <laughs> so still guess what?
0: Up. If you expected VAR to be great right off the bat yeah. it's taken american football 20 years to be average so. 20 years to have
1: that non-pass interference yeah. call in the saints game last year yeah. in the nfc championship so
0: it's <laughs> at some point you just got to accept human error is a part of life and it's going to be a part of sport and maybe it, it should, is it should be and maybe that's I, the one thing baseball's it, got right is that they just have an idiot back there who's deciding what he wants to do with the game you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a ball now actually now it's a strike i don't really, like, really care he's
1: right down the middle i don't really care i saw it as a ball <laughs>
0: Anyways, back to the table. It is a two-horse race. VAR has helped us <laughs> take the top of the table by <laughs> For two For now, points. until it doesn't. Uh, and, yeah, well, I'm just going to do the table real quick because it's really weird at this point, four games in. It's obviously early doors, but it's still – It's I think there are some trends bearing out. We're top with 12, City second with 10, Leicester third with 8, Crystal Palace fourth with 7, ahead of Arsenal and Everton and West Ham by goal difference. Arsenal ahead of Everton in fifth on 7 with goals scored. Everton six, West Ham seventh, Man United all the way down to eight, eight on five points. Is that Tottenham? where I had them? Yeah, Tottenham ninth with there. five points, <laughs> Sheffield United tenth five points, Chelsea eleventh five points, twelfth all the way down through sixteenth, which is Burnley, Southampton, Newcastle, Bournemouth, and Brighton have four. And then here's, uh, we'll talk about them shortly. Wolves 17th with three. Austinville and Norwich Watford are your current teams in the relegation zone. Austinville and Norwich both have three points. So they're just behind Wolves on goal difference. Watford only has one point.
1: They've been terrible. Minus six goal difference. But first, let's
0: stop. Let's we'll start with the surprises. We'll start with the top six being so clearly average.
1: Yeah. No, I, it's It's crazy because like, Arsenal spent all this money. Not that, like, I still think Arsenal will be in the top four at the end of it. But they spend a lot of money, and you just see, like, they're not Well, they're, faring, not they're
0: faring better than the other top six. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're but, the best but, but of. They,
1: yes. and the, but that's my point, is they're not quite there, really not even really close to us in City. But they're the best yeah. of what else is in the top six, your traditional top six. I mean, Spurs don't look all that great. Erickson doesn't even look interested at the moment. Uh, you see his quote? No. he said i wish this was
0: like football manager where i can decide my own future <laughs> <laughs> and i said great shout out lad love the footy man love it <laughs> nice
1: oh man
0: yeah the spurs spurs for getting in dombele and he looked great in the first game and then he gets hurt a little and now they're falling apart and yeah. you know, lorice looks to be well past past it now. yeah
1: and Lamella's like Leading things, they're not
0: uh, handling the Champions League final loss with, uh, with with grace, yeah. So to speak. I mean, Harry Kane came out and led the charge, and he he, he challenged and then he his dove teammates on his way to the Yeah, church. he challenged his teammates. <laughs> Let's challenge for the title. And now, yeah, they're he off took the a pace. Dive. They're off the pace already. I mean, uh, what did five points, right? Yeah, they're seven points back of the lead already. That's a massive gap.
1: Yeah, and T- like over obviously, the-
0: there's plenty of time to catch it up, but there's also plenty more time for you to keep dropping points.
1: Yeah. And no. Look, they haven't. They've played Arsenal, right? And well, they played Arsenal and City, but they haven't gone to Old Trafford. They haven't played us. Yeah. It's gonna be a long campaign, I think, for them. And then United look proper shite. Yeah. It's funny because is- I was
0: really worried. Uh, I think I even said it on the shelves. Like, I'm kind of starting to get worried that maybe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has some type of plan in place of what he's trying to do. After which, the or, opener? Yeah. yeah. But it turns out that Chelsea, or the question in that game was, is Man United this good or is what? Chelsea that bad? And the answer is, is that Chelsea just wasn't as— They weren't at the races They weren't at day. the races yet?
1: It's a, Okay, so it's a young attacking three in Pulisic, Mount, and Abraham. And then they just didn't have it around the rest of the park. That defense is going to struggle, and we're going to talk about it a little bit when we do a fantasy show, but, like, Kepa's been terrible, yeah. terrible. So I just think Chelsea's off it. We've said it's a free hit. It really is. And the, the kids will get their shot. I don't think – I think – was it you I was talking about this with? I don't know if they keep them all in the end. Yeah. But, you know, they'll, they'll look at it and go, well, two of the, two of the three will be good.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's the, the top six is Booty. That's what I wrote in, in, <laughs> booty. in the, the the agenda that we stick to. The surprise top four race. I mean, it's I,
1: okay, does Lester's in there right now? Yeah. You think they can sustain that?
0: They can definitely get top six, seven, and get a European place.
1: Here is the thing: they have been. They didn't have Chilwell for a couple of games. I know because he's on my fantasy team. Um, Tielemans and like and Didi and some of the other guys haven't. They've been good, but like not quite. Where I thought they were going to be, And Vardy's just carrying it right now. Yeah, once everyone kicks into form, Jamie Vardy scores another, has another twenty goal season. They can be pretty, pretty dangerous. I think, I think they might, I think they might crack top four, and that would be kind of cool because then it'd be like, well, was that title season a total fluke? Yeah, or was it just like the nature of the Premier League? It was that they wanted at a time that the league was rebalancing itself, and then of course the money powers won. Yeah, and then now it's back to, like. They, they well, have I mean, a shot it, it at would definitely
0: be like you would definitely have to have the conversation of like, well, you know what? Actually, in hindsight, selling Mares and Conte uh, allowed Leicester to sustain the platform that they built by winning the title, so that they could now two, three years down the line, actually legitimately challenge to become a top four team. Yeah, and all on their own merit. Like, let's be honest, this isn't you know they were bought by a, a, a Chinese billionaire or what was he Taiwanese or.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, Thai, right? Yeah,
0: Thai. So they were, buy- yeah, tie, was, was buy- they were bought by a Thai. That was they were bought by a Thai billionaire, but he didn't just throw money into it. No. He built it from the ground up so to speak. And he was very smart and sustainable in the way he did it. And you know, they they deserve it if they do get top four. And yeah, Brennan has been there, done that as far as, you know, taking Plighty underdogs and making them overperform. Yeah.
1: He's, he's got a star forward, he's got some solid midfielders. James Madison's a very good player. He's got some experience at the back. So it's not like like people are like, Oh, you know, they sold McGuire, but I'm like, eh. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they'll be all right. Yeah.
0: They sold, he only sold Maguire so that we gave Virgil van Dyke his contract extension. That's the only reason why I did it. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you for forcing that to happen. So
1: and he, you we were talking about it. You were like, this is what cuz we I I sent him. There's a video uh series called The Coach's Voice yeah. on YouTube. It's pretty good. And there's one on there where Brendan Rodgers talks about the 5-1 over Arsenal uh back in 13-14. And you were like, I've seen it and that's why I think Brendan Rodgers has like major potential or right? yeah. like I have faith that he'll come through. Look, he Things went south at Liverpool, and he was at a different time in his life and career. And I think probably the Celtic thing helped. Yeah. You, know, you learn how to win things, be more grounded, not let it get to you. I think maybe he's ready to to lead somebody to something like yeah. significant.
0: Yeah, top four. For, I I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester got top four. Um, and like looking at it, the other teams that are up there, I don't expect Crystal Palace to hang around much <laughs> longer. <laughs> Everton, I don't really expect them to hang around much longer. Uh, they're the, they're in no. sixth right now. Well, the other, they they're mean, around there. West Ham, I don't really expect them to hang around much longer up there. I, I, no, I they, at some point Tottenham will kick into form. Yeah,
1: yeah, they'll just they'll both those teams will just bump down a place or two, be in that seven, eight, nine, ten range, which is where we had them at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So,
0: but there, there, are, the thing when you look at the table, there are like there are three clear groupings already. And it's us and City at the top, and then you have from, like, third down to, we'll call it, like, 11th, which is, like, you know, your top six, top four battlers. And, yeah, you've already got your relegation field pretty well set up. I mean, it's one point difference between Burnley and Chelsea. If the
1: bottom three did not change the rest of the season, that wouldn't shock me.
0: Yeah, right. But, yeah, uh, let's look at the bottom of the table shocking thing. The first thing that's shocking to me is that Wolves is in 17th with three points.
1: I think some of that might come down to them being in the Europa League. They've had some games. Yeah. Stacked up at the beginning of the season, some priorities that they've been focused on. Uh, but they have been kind of shoddy at the back. Connor Cody hasn't been looking so sharp in the Premier League. You know what so. it
0: is? It's like it's it's the same thing that happened with us with the vibe changing. It's like you're the first season you're coming up to the Premier League. No one knows about you what to expect, yeah. yada yada. And it's not even so much the big teams you play, because they did well against the big teams last year. Yeah. It's more about the middle of the pack teams you play, and they've never seen you before, so to speak, right? They don't know what to expect, and it's easier to catch them off guard. In your second season, everyone's used to you, and then you have three other people coming up who remember you from two years ago who are gunning for you because you're the team that did it last year, came up and stayed up, Um, and it just becomes a little more difficult. And then you mix in European football, and yeah, the the strain and stress just becomes a little bit more difficult. We will see, though, coming through here, because they are going to get more Europa League games, how it pans out. Yeah,
1: I still think they'll finish in the top half of the table. They're they've got a good squad, but yeah, they're no they're not surprising anybody at yeah. this point.
0: And it's also surprising that Newcastle even have points. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the yeah, the last shock is that Watford sat there at the bottom with one point and they've already fired their manager, which is outrageous. Considering they loved him so much when he came <laughs> over and like, you know, he's, and he took uh, him to an
1: FA Cup. Yeah, final. right.
0: <laughs> and like oh. last season they finished in the top half of the table, I believe, like ninth or tenth. And Watford has never
1: won a trophy. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I believe that's true. And yeah. he took you within your first sniff of it and just lost to the super team. Yeah. But I'm like, and then you just fire him for
0: a slow start. Like That is 100% the best way to make sure you stay in the relegation zone <laughs> is to panic and fire your coach four games into a new season yeah. because everything isn't going as great as it could be.
1: You know who surprised me is I, I really thought Sheffield United was going to get walked over to start the season, and they've actually been pretty competitive so far. Uh, it's those home matches. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, it's. Brommel, a, yeah. Was it Brommel Lane? Yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: no joke to go to. And yeah, Chelsea went 2 0 up and then. <laughs> <laughs> recapitulated hey we've been there before chelsea fans but i'm not giving you any sympathy because yeah. you were unbearable so <laughs> guess what here we are right? baby seriously uh, anyways look ahead real quick before we get into your questions at the end uh if you didn't know champions league groups got drawn we got napoli hank or genk and Salzburg. <laughs> it's a funny story real quick about genk Back in the day when I was living in England, this is around like 2001, 2002, I had a friend. His name is Matt Slider. Matt Slider was a very goofy kid, very quirky, very strange, still is to this day. It's why (laughs) I love him, right? When we would play FIFA, for some weird reason, he insisted on picking teams with weird names. And his favorite team to pick was Genk. (laughs) And they had a player named Skoko, and their goalkeeper was named Moons. And he just loved it, and it stuck in my head. So when we drew him, I texted him I'm like, "Do you remember Gank?" He's like, "I do remember Gank." And then I named all the players. He's like, "You, your memory is just stupid. He's like, how do you remember this?" But well, yeah, so when we drew Gank, I was like, "Cool, Gank." Also, where uh, Christian Benteke came from. You probably yeah. don't know this, but we had a partnership with Gank from twenty ten to twenty fourteen. It never did anything. Yeah. We were an affiliated club. They I never, did never that. send us any players. <laughs> we it never worked out. So yeah. But gank the Belgian team. That's, I just wanted to tell my quick little personal story. Uh, obviously, we start off with Napoli coming up, and that gets into our run of games coming up. Yeah.
1: Well, should we mention the Salzburg looks like a badass away? I yeah, would love right? that. Yeah. yeah. Going like, to Austria in the Alps and yeah. hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy Austria. Sadio's going home. Kat- yeah. Navi
0: is going home.
1: Get to do it to their old squad. Yeah. Huh. Looks awesome.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, oh, yeah. that's
1: all I have to say about Salzburg. We should walk that game before we yeah before we get into the schedule. Real quick, coming
0: up, the group, th- you we think we should get through, right? Yeah, I mean, we should win it. Yeah, and th-
1: yeah, you know, on paper, but
0: I mean, and not play it on paper. the good so. thing is, and I told you this in the text with the whole draw is that there are like two or three super groups. Yeah, which means well, that like you're gonna we were,
1: we were texting each other all through the draw because we're both like on UEFA.com <laughs> waiting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is I was where was I I was at the at the mechanic and the mechanic's like yo it's gonna be like an hour I'm like well I got a Champions League draw to watch so
1: <laughs> take your time yeah.
0: <laughs> and I had it on mute cause there was a whole bunch of other people in the lobby and I didn't want to annoy them and I was watching Men's live stream and they they just kept like gesturing wildly and like moving like they had these like little magnetic boards
1: i started there and then i went to the U.S. so at first
0: because i didn't have audio i thought they were actually placing the groups and i saw our group and i was like oh my god that's terrible but they were just doing like the worst group possible (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh no but yeah so we ended up with a really good group we should get through and the other good thing is when we get to the round of 16 there are going to be Two, three, four easier. I'm doing quotation marks right now, folks. Easier teams that are in the field, yeah, yeah, which always presents an opportunity for you to play Porto in a quarterfinal. You know what I mean? Not this year. No, No, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) Porto, we were really looking forward to just beating you by five goals on aggregate every year for the rest of eternity.
1: But unfortunately, they weren't up for it. We should get through.
0: We should win the group. The other good thing is that Napoli probably clearly should get through in second place. Yeah, which really helps us out is if regardless of what we do against Napoli, is if Napoli just beats Gank and Salzburg twice, yeah. and we do the same, because then you just don't have to even worry about it. You yeah, know none, what I mean? None. And if Salzburg and Gank want to just scrap out some draws, that would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we should get through to that. Anyways, upcoming schedule coming out of this international break. Right off the bat, we have Newcastle at home, and then it's just a string of away games leading up to the AGM that we mentioned on September 28th. But it goes Newcastle home. Napoli away in the Champions League. Craig's going to be with us. Chelsea away in the league. MK Don's away in the Carabao Cup. And then Sheffield United away in the league. Uh, and that's where we're going to stop for this one. But that leads us right up to the the AGM, obviously, on that day. The 28th. Looking at the run, for me, the key chunk right there is the Napoli-Chelsea games. I think the others you can manage your yeah. squad and get away with with doing what you need to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can slide a Rigi or Shaqiri in. Uh, I was happy to see Shaq come on, at least, against Burnley, because I was like, is he just, like, in exile? Yeah. But no. Uh, And I think that'll be important. You know, uh, obviously against MK Dons, you're going to see, like, wholesale change, uh, as you should, because I think our bench should beat (laughs) MK Dons.
0: Yeah. um, What would be interesting to see is what he does with the Newcastle game, because, in theory... You know, you want to have your best 11 play the Napoli-Chelsea game in that the two games in a week span, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than having them play the three games in 10 days Yeah. with the Newcastle-Napoli-Chelsea. Because obviously, as you said, MK Dons is where you're going to get that rotation in so yeah. you can rest the starters. But do you want to sneak in a couple of changes for Newcastle if you're Klopp? So well, that-
1: I think we're going to have to rotate anyways because Bobby Firmino... I don't think he'll play against Newcastle. He's coming back from uh, – Brazil's playing somewhere on the west coast, I think. Yeah. In this – L.A. F-
0: they're playing in L.A. Yeah, they're
1: playing yeah. in L.A. And their they're final – is it a friendly? Or it's a yeah, friendly, it's right? Yeah, it's a friendly, yeah. Yeah, so in their final friendly is the international break. So he's got a long-haul flight. That's what uh, – It's even longer than coming hours, from Brazil. 12 yeah. hours, 12 or 13 hours. Yeah. So he's not going to start that game. No. I wouldn't expect. And plus, I, I think it's on Wednesday – Games on Saturday. It's just not enough time with the flight and everything. So you'll see some rotation, anyhow. I imagine maybe a comes in on the left. Neither Mo or Mane went away for it because uh, the African Nations Cup. <laughs> Did yeah. you hear about this thing? No. This is crazy. I didn't know that this was a thing. But in order to play in it, like all the teams have to build their squads out of players that play in their domestic league. So, like, yeah, like, Egypt's squad has to be made out of players who play in the Egyptian League. I'm like, that's actually kind of brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to develop talent. (laughs) Yeah, or and to,
1: like, assess where your league is. I'm like, MLS and, like, they should do that with, like, um, this Nations Cup or whatever they're doing with, like, the the Central Americans and and Mexico. CONCACAF, yeah. Yeah, CONCACAF. That's how they should do it. Yeah. Like, and then... Maybe the international manager will stop experimenting with MLS players constantly yeah. in games that matter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we don't lose to Mexico 3-0 yeah. and just get whooped. But anyways. Oh, I don't different discussions, different, different, discussion. different
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, I just thought that was fascinating. So they didn't go away. Um, and then the, the European guys, it's not like they have heavy travel. So I, I would expect that they'll be available. But, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, Ox step in or whatever.
0: Yeah, get a little uh, some of the England guys maybe get a break Henderson maybe.
1: Yeah, Henderson um, maybe sits Milner, Ox would be like two of your starting mids. I don't yeah, and I don't know about Fabinho, did he go with Brazil? Yeah, he did. So he might not be available, yeah. so maybe Lalana steps in or something, I don't know. And we
0: should be able to handle Newcastle at home with our uh, with our depth, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: what you're paying these guys for. Yeah. So, so yeah. and then and I w- Joel Matip has retired from international duty like a beast. <laughs> so yeah. My yeah. man. We
0: can always rely on Joel Matip. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about him in the fantasy show because I snuck him in there on the agenda. Of course Obviously. I did. But, yeah, so then after the Newcastle game, you should see the best 11, quote-unquote, at this point in time, which is probably the, the same team we saw for the Does first four games. Does the big pitch
1: games. haunt us again? <laughs> I don't know.
0: That'd be interesting to see. I do want to see uh, if Klopp decides to come at it from a different angle because – It is something that we struggled with with all those we-didn't-win-away-from-home games, you know? And Italy has those massive pitches, and it'll be interesting to see how we handle it. Um, And plus, Chucky Lozano's there now, and I think he might want to have a little coming-out party for the rest of Europe against us, because we are the European champions. And he is in scintillating form, I'll tell you what. Um, he came on in that game, not to make it about that game, but he came on in that Mexico-USA game and just made two goals. Like, out of <laughs> nothing. It was 1-0, Chucky Lozano came on, and it was 3-0 like five minutes later. Yeah. That kid's a beast. Hey, I would really like it if, since we missed out on Pulisic, that uh, given our CONCACAF status, if we did win and got Herving Lozano and we stole all those Chicharito fans from United <laughs> and just brought them right on over. And then I'd go to I go back home to Mexico all the time, and I'd celebrate with all my family. Like, we're all Liverpool fans now, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see if we can handle the massive pitch. Uh, hopefully we can because it'd be nice to start out the Champions League campaign, at least with one point. Because if we lose someone between Salzburg and they're either going to both get one point or they're both one of them is going to get three. And now we're bottom of the table is Liverpool in a crisis in the Champions League. Uh, yeah, so whatever. Like, yeah, they
1: haven't played Salzburg or Gank yet. But.
0: I'll take a draw on that first one, though. No, I'll, I'll take it because be then we have the run of, of Genk, Salzburg. Get it out of
1: the way. And I love that we didn't have to travel anywhere crazy. Yeah. Did you see United's Europa League? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're flying all over the earth. Oh. I love it.
0: They're like Marco Polo trying to <laughs> circumnavigate the globe. Yeah, it's. I love it. I love it. I do, I. It's. It's great. It's. See you on Thursday night, United. <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> Speaking of, so one of Arsenal's Europa League games had to get moved to Wednesday. And someone made a meme saying Unai Emery's brought Wednesday Night Football back <laughs> to the Emirates.
1: Genius. Uh, that was good. I did see that, actually.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, but yeah, so there will be rotation. Newcastle should see a little rotation. And then two squads. That Chelsea away game is going to be interesting. Last year, it was it, it was it was one of the highlights of the year. It was Daniel Sturridge's last hurrah. Um, maybe this time we can go down there and just win. That'd be mm, nice. would be nice. MK Dons away. It's not like any other way ground in that it's a corporate, emptyless, soulless club. It's just an empty, soulless club. They used right. to be Wimbledon. Now they're MK Dons. There's nothing fierce about them. We really should walk them. Although, don't underestimate them because a couple years ago they knocked Van Gaal and United out four nil.
1: So just remember that. four nil. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jesus,
1: if that happens, I'm just like oh. we just we were like no, we forfeit.
0: I just—I was just sneaking that in just so we could just remind everyone that MK Dons knocked United out of the Carabao <laughs> Cup under Louis van
1: Gaal, 4-0.
0: <laughs> and then, yeah, Sheffield United away. It is a tough ground. I'll tell you this. One of my most scarring memories of a Liverpool supporter is when Phil Jagielka originally was at Sheffield United, and we went to Brahma Lane, and I think it was the FA Cup, and when Neil Warnock was the manager, and they knocked us out. Yeah. And so I don't like them for some reason. No. <laughs> They ruined my childhood for a little bit of time, and I just don't the like blades, them. the badge looks like, like a terrorist
1: symbol yeah something. Right? Like, oh, something
0: yeah. you'd see like on an ISIS flag going yeah, through the exactly. desert
1: <laughs> with the cross that's what I see. Uh, that's what I see when I look at it. I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. And so now we've come to it. We're going to get to your questions. Where should we start? On which platform are we going to start with the questions?
1: Uh, we'll start with Twitter. Okay, you go.
0: so ask, ask the Twitter questions.
1: All right, so LSC Tallahassee uh, sent us a question. They want to know, or they'd like to get our opinion on Ox and Kate's chances of uh, locking down uh, a starting 11 spot this season. So uh, there's a chance for both of them to do it. Yeah.
0: Um, it obviously requires them to, when they do get appearances, to perform to a high ability. What was that game that Ox started? I can't remember. It was. It wasn't the last one. It was no, it was
1: the second game of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember who, even
0: who we played right now. I'm just right. blanking on well, it. Well, he
1: started against Chelsea in the um, in, in the, the Super, Super Cup, Cup. He wasn't it, great on the wing. Yeah, he had a. Uh, but ugh, then he moved game. into
0: the midfield and uh, he started to show it was out. Was the if, second game of the season? Again. Here's the thing. Arsenal, right? No, he
1: came off the bench against Arsenal. That was the th- uh, third game of the season. I'm drawing a blank. Hold on. I'm about to just. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to pull up. The Premier League site, and then click on our second win. There we go, uh, Southampton. Yeah, he that's what it is. Southampton. Yeah. Southampton. Southampton, was Southampton was a he one. was
0: like in the middle fi- midfield. Turning. He looked players. really good in yeah. that game. He did. Um. Obviously, so that, that that like speaks to it is that obviously there's going to be different opportunities for different players. If you're looking for a, a less attacking and less flair midfield, I don't think either Cato or Ox is going to feature much. I think you're looking at. Jordan Henderson, Genie Vine Autumn Fabinho, yeah. for when you want to just close down the midfield.
1: Yeah, I think it, I mean it's largely going to depend on the opponent. I don't think that any of them are guaranteed a spot in the midfield. There's no, there's only one guy that, if healthy, no matter what, will probably play, and that's Fabinho. Yeah, uh, but I I just don't think that like I don't even think Henderson's role is guaranteed. Like Milner can get a start over him on any given day, depending on what Klopps feels like. Yeah, and I would say the same of Genie, which means that yeah. Ox and Kita can slide in. I haven't seen enough from either one to say that, yes, like they will definitely be that guy. Yeah, but if you know it was YouTube Nabby, then maybe. Yeah, you know, but we. That's
0: the thing is that Nabby still needs to come in and have like a really good long run of consistent performances. Yeah. That doesn't get broken up by injury, you know? And
1: it's, you know what? You could kind of say the same thing. I mean, it's not his fault, but the same thing for Ox. And given what happened to his knee, they may manage him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they manage like, expectations for him even this season, even though he is playing. They're still going to kind of look at it and go, okay, like, don't overdo it because we don't want to risk re-injury. When you tear an AC, When you tear a ligament in your knee like that, actually you become extremely susceptible to an injury in the other knee. Yeah. Because you spend a year carrying yourself around on yeah. that other knee essentially. Yeah. So, you know, that's gonna be something that they're conscious of, like constantly monitoring. He's had a lot of injuries in his career. Yeah. So I'm glad that he's back. I'm glad he's performing. But at the end of the day, like he may never yeah take on the role that we originally envisioned for him. Yeah.
0: I'll say this on paper, if everything goes as it should, then I think Keda does find a way into the starting eleven and beca- like holds down that, that genie vinaldum position. But Genie's just so class right now that it's... Genie's
1: one of the best midfielders yeah. in the world. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's did just... you see him for the Netherlands? Yeah, he's scoring goals, running down
0: the pitch, S- set one
1: up, scored one. Yeah,
0: I mean, hey, we said it. If the Dutch, if the Dutch national team was going to come back, they were going to have to have one of those classic, uh, crazy good Dutch midfielders. And I. kind of looks like it's Genie. I.e., Edgar Davids, Clarence Seydorf. Mm. You know, and here he is, and he's playing for us. And he was a shit winger at Newcastle, and now he's just. A world-class man. And call him world-class because he is. He is world-class. world-class. You
1: see some of the stuff he's doing, and like people don't understand. He's just playing a role for Klopp. Yeah. The reason he's not pumping in goals and being this like, brilliant attacker is because he's got a certain set of duties that he's got to fulfill under Klopp, and that's yeah. fine.
0: So to answer the question, who really knows? But yeah. it's a good problem to have. It's a good <laughs> problem
1: to have, and at least they're, they're there as a solution if we do need them. But back. I'm not convinced. Percentage
0: chance, point. there's like a sixty percent chance that either of them could break in and become like the starting ele- like part of the starting eleven, you know? Yeah. Sixty percent. And it's for anyone in the team, really. There's a sixty percent chance. Yeah. Unless your name's Salah Firmino, Allison or Van Dyke.
1: Then there's a hundred percent
0: chance. <laughs> yeah. All right, next question. All right. So
1: uh well, uh and Craig from Enfield yes. Agenda. See you soon, Craig. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the that thing. His first question was kind of a joke, but he said, "One of the legends from Anfield agenda going to be on your podcast, <laughs> September, September 17th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the echo. That was good. <laughs> we were like in unison on that one. <laughs> Great minds think alike, as really? they say. Yeah. Uh, so, his c- serious question, though, what does Stevie G need to do to gain enough experience to succeed Klopp as manager?
0: So we had a little discussion about this off air, with him while our technical difficulties were happening.
1: <laughs> it was, uh, it's a it's a good and, debate. It's a good uh, question. It's a very good question.
0: So there's two ways that this There's The one way is that Stevie just continues to manage on his own. And obviously, if he wants to make the step up to Liverpool, given where we are now, this isn't the Liverpool hiring Hodgson and turning and begging Dalgleish to save us, where we can hire Brendan Rodgers from Swansea. No. no. This is a a well-established top-of-the-league Liverpool. So he would have to make a step up from Rangers to something else.
1: Because I know Rangers is a big club with big expectations. But he's not managing superstars. He's not like – it's not the same thing.
0: So if he's going this route where he stays away from Liverpool and he just gets hired after Klopp, what that means is that this year he's got to get out of the Europa group stage. Oh, yeah. And he's got to win the title.
1: He has to win the Scottish title, guaranteed.
0: That's the only way he can leave on good terms is if he wins the title. If he leaves Rangers without having won the title, it will have ultimately been a failure. Because yeah. it's the only thing that Rangers fans really want.
1: It's the one thing that they were he was tasked with was to get them back competing with and Celtic. So last
0: year he did a really good job in closing the gap dramatically.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they were competitive against Celtic.
0: They did all right in the Europa League. They didn't get out the group, but they did all right.
1: Yeah, I mean they they, pl- they played respectively. They were in a final day of the group stage. They and went to
0: Valencia away and and played really well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So now it's all about they got to do better than that in the Europa League, and they have to win the title. Otherwise, we're looking at he he can't leave Rangers, so then he has to stay another year at Rangers, and the window for Klopp leaving becomes smaller and smaller. Yeah, and because uh, it, it does really, yeah, the church, <laughs> the church is really going off. I was right like, now. it's
1: like death metal church over there. Because <laughs> the
0: reality of the situation is, is, I think Klopp is really, honestly laying the groundwork now to soften the blow for when he leaves at the end of this contract. Yeah. Because everything he keeps saying is, I think I'm going to retire and take a little break. a little sabbatical. You know, go off and hang out with my family. I think he's setting up us up for the soft blow, which means that Stevie G would have to be ready, what, by 2021, 22?
1: Yeah, so not next season, after the following season, so because it's this year, the next year, and then the next year. So it's 2022, I think. Yeah, so
0: by 2022, he'd have to be ready, which means he would have to – if he didn't win the title this year with Rangers – Win it next year, so now he only has two seasons to go to some other larger club. Which,
1: yeah, what is where is that? Is that in England? Is that is he going to go off and take over a Spanish club? Like, is he going to coach Valencia or something? Like, I'm not really sure what that looks like.
0: He'd have to go and he'd have to either take over a top end championship team and then bring them into the Premiership and then keep them mid table in order to earn a move to Liverpool. But even then if we did it there'd still be people like we're given this guy i know he's stevie g but he hasn't really managed anyone and hasn't really won anything and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. well and
1: i we talked about the return to the boot room culture so that's the other option that's if, the other option and i think that's probably the more realistic one of the two
0: if stevie is going to become manager yeah
1: yeah he's going to have to go he's just going to have to leave rangers maybe after next season come back to liverpool play, you know coach underneath Klopp for like a year. I really think the su- the successor to Klopp is probably more naturally Pep-, Pep Linders, because he's so familiar with what we do. He's such a big part of what we do now, that he's the more re- realistic candidate for who could continue what we do, and Stevie would be his assistant, yeah. essentially. So it's Pep and Stevie, and then, you know, like, Fagan was... To Paisley, yeah. Yeah, to Paisley. Like, you would just go to Stevie after that. And I think that's probably the most realistic path.
0: And then that sets up Trent Alexander-Arnold to be (laughs) player-manager. and then transition to the manager. And then we have dark ages for 20 years, and we don't win the league. <laughs> <laughs> if we're just going off patterns. Uh, you know?
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, so who's the Graham Sunis in this? Like, yeah, who's right? the midfielder who was brilliant as a player It will be a shite manager? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> he probably isn't
0: even on the team yet.
1: It's probably Marco Gruich. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's John oh. Joe Shelby. yeah. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, I I prefer the boot room because it puts a whole lot less pressure on Steven Gerrard. Yeah, because he would have been groomed in the system. I, I already know he'll that. have big manager
1: yeah. experience, but come back to to kind of reintegrate because Rangers is a much different culture. It's
0: kind of like Pep Linders did. He went off smaller Dutch club and then came back, like yeah. some stuff. And you know what? To the credit of Pep Linders is he's he's brilliant enough and good enough at what he does that he usurped a 17 year relationship of Klopp's in a really close relationship to become the number two guy. Yeah. So I wouldn't uh, even be – yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it does end up being Peplanders afterwards. Oh, kind I, of I, the same way that City's setting up uh, Arteta to be to come in after Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Like, obviously, neither of those two guys seem like the natural choice, but who are you going to go out and get that's a big-name manager that even fits the identity of Liverpool Football Club? You have to build within because build- you built this whole identity yeah. and this whole style. No, this, and you're, this
1: whole culture that's yeah. gone on around the club is down to Klopp.
0: I mean, look what Barcelona does. They're yeah. all inside guys. Yeah. They very rarely travel outside of La, La Masia to get anyone.
1: Yeah. You're it's, not gonna, You're not bringing in Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah. So that's just not going to happen.
0: So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think the best way, though, is the boot room thing. He comes back. Maybe he's, like, second assistant coach. Klopp leaves. Pep Linders takes over. And then he's the assistant manager. Pep Linders gets four or five years or whatever. And then Stevie G comes in. And he, it, I, it might be a golden time for us. It might be our Sir Alex Ferguson, and I would love it. But at the same time, he might not even ever make it to Liverpool.
1: So no, I might not. Yeah. All right. Next question. Next question was Matt Smith on the Facebook. Uh, would Sterling start on our current team? If so, who would he replace? Now, so we we looked at this from two different perspectives. Okay, because we kind of chatted about this one. We've hit our timer mark, but I'm just gonna say, screw it. Let's yeah. just keep going. We just
0: have a few more questions, so yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: So, um. Oh, so, so there's two ways to look at this. There's one, Liverpool signs Raheem Sterling today. And Jordan's going to cover that. Go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I looked at this as, as meaning like today, like, uh, you know, after we end this pot, he signs for Liverpool. He's on the current squad. Um, he would. I don't think he would break into the 4-3-3 just because our front three have that that chemistry and that vibe together right now. No. But I would like to think that it might uh, encourage Jurgen to move to a 4-2-3-1 and either put Sterling at the striker or move Mo up to the striker and put Sterling on the wing and drop Bobby into the tent. Because Bobby could still do all the pressing and be the pivot that he is as the full And false originally,
1: knight. he was kind of operating as a tent.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think that's the be- that's the way he would break into our starting lineup. And you know what? As, as the way form goes and all that stuff, he would definitely – either Mane or Bobby or Mo would hit a little bit of bad form and you break into the squad. He's a brilliant footballer. There's no banter to be had in saying, ah, you know, if Sterling joined our team, our front three would be Bobby, Mane, and Sala, you know, that that, that joke that's online, because he is class. Um, yeah, but it, it would it would all be down to circumstance of what formation we play. I don't think he breaks into the 4-3-3. Um, For me,
1: on this point of view, he still breaks in. And I, I think it's, you know... He Either he becomes like a normal number eight and does like what you want Nabi to do or Sadio Mane is so versatile that he ends up doing it. Yeah. You know, I, I still think Sterling is that quality of a player that you couldn't resist using him. Yeah. So just like Coutinho was. Right. So yeah. it, it's the big four instead of the big three. Yeah. And I, I think that that is what you would be. He would score a ridiculous amount of goals. It would be insane. <laughs> it would be insane.
0: Hey, get on your FIFA 20s and make it happen. <laughs> yeah, and Test it out. You'll probably
1: score 200 goals a season. Yeah, right? <laughs> so the other angle was he never left. We never left. So he never leaves. And I think that what happens then is you don't end up making some of the – like I think most Salah probably never arrives. So because at the time Salah signed, you had Coutinho – So if he never leaves, you still had Coutinho, Sterling, you have Bobby, and then Mane.
0: Yeah, the summer before Salah, yeah. I would
1: even say that maybe you don't lose the Europa League final in 2016 with Sterling in there, and that you're looking at a completely different thing that Mane comes into. Instead of the task being to get top four, it's the task to keep pushing us on. And Mane becomes this huge figure within that. So I think if he stays... We probably don't end up having Mo Salah at all, which yeah. means you know we don't go the path that we go. But it could just be a different path of greatness rather yeah. than the one that we took. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, rather so.
0: than Sterling being haunted by VAR disallowed goals, you probably have a <laughs> Champions League title. Yeah, exactly. Um, in that yeah. scenario, it would be interesting to see what we would have done with the transfer funds that we spent on the likes of like Shakiri, Mohamed Salah. Like, where does that go to in the squad? Do we? Do we have the money then to just go get like Matthias Delight and just like let's do it? You know, yeah. um, that would be very interesting to see. Do we make the Allison movie year earlier because we have the funds and yeah. it's more as a more apparent need? Does,
1: in that case, does Loris Carius ever happen? Yeah, right. You know, it, who knows? Yeah. So it's because everything went the way that it did is how we ended up here. But you know, you could take out one piece and it's who knows what, what direction that takes you. So. Yeah. Um. We had we only have one more question. It was from the Instagram and it made no sense. <laughs> 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 so ask me. It you. just said, Who is Pedro? Does he actually get on the field? I don't remember seeing him. It's from Amelia Bedelia76 on Instagram. Amelia, um are you referring to Chelsea's Pedro? Pedro Chirovella. Yeah. Pedro Chirovella was a child that we just sold. Yeah. Well, he's not a child now. but He we, exists. He That's, exists. He, he's a person. Uh, <laughs> or are you just saying, like, vote for Pedro, but who is he? Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, we don't know how to answer this question.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to throw a different one at you, and it's just going to be a random fun one. Uh, what's something that you refuse to share?
0: What's something that I refuse to share?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> What is something I refuse to share? <laughs> you answer this. <laughs> oh, a, I
1: was like, it came to me immediately, chicken wings. Chicken wings? Don't yes. touch my motherfucking wings. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I order wings, if you want to see the savage come out, yeah. put your damn hands on <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears> them. <throat> I'll, like, eat your fingers off. <laughs> Especially if they're real saucy. Yeah. I don't want your fingers up in my sauce. Man, there's. I feel like there's something
0: like I'm missing something so obvious that I'm always like very peculiar and like very protective over. But uh, I am that way with food in general. Like <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I listen, guys, if I order something, I intend to eat every single yeah. portion of it.
1: But see, like for me, like if someone reaches over and grabs a fry, I'm like, well, whatever.
0: Oh no, that irks me to my core, right? <laughs> bro. You wanted fries? You Order a day. You gonna give me a quarter for that damn fry? <laughs> I'm gonna sit there do the damn math on these fries. Uh, you owe me four point seven
1: cents. Yeah,
0: right? <laughs> oh, you know what I don't like to share with a lot of people? My free time. <laughs> <laughs> Cause That's it's mine. One. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that. That is a good note to end the show on. <laughs> if I want to share it, I'm gonna. If you think I uh, you deserve my free time, guess what? Uh. It's all mine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was episode three of Tampa Bay Cop Top Talk season two. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say other than no. up the Reds,
1: up the Reds, and hopefully more? You know, if you got questions. You don't even have to submit them during a show just be like question for the next podcast. boom. Yeah, send it we'll to get us. it on. we'll We'll put it in the next agenda.
0: And if you want to ask about random Hispanic men, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring it on the show and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. um so until next time, which is about uh, about 10 minutes when we do the second episode. <laughs> I'm Jordan. I'm David up the Reds up the Reds.